This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our partner, Audible. Yes, it is. So we are partnered with Audible. That means that if you are looking just to check it out, uh, you don't want to put your card in and just take, take the dive. You can get 30 days for free on us. If you go to audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G or click the link down below. Uh, you'll be taken there. You can sign up uh, for 30 days for free and just test it out. Like there's a lot of stuff on there that you can get for free, a lot of Audible exclusives. Uh, but what I really like about Audible is that out of the hundreds and thousands of audiobooks that they have, if you decide to purchase something, that is yours forever. Like if you decide not to carry on your subscription or you want to take a break or whatever it is, you can always go back and listen to that book whenever you want through the app on the internet. doesn't matter because it's yours. So once again, you can get that for 30 days for free on us. If you go to audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G. Let me hit that record button. All right. If the uh, internet gods are blessing us, I think we are just starting to come online now. And boom, we are live. Johnny and the Greg, episode 165, Greg. 165. We've been doing this for a while. Oh, damn. Yeah. And we have it a guest. It doesn't seem His like name... that long. Yes. We have a guest. His name is Matthew David. He's from Penny Blood Adventures, which is what, Greg? Honestly, it is he it's a third party D&D adventure gaming. Um, so we're going to do a big D&D episode tonight. So for those of you that aren't familiar with D&D, just hang with us. You know, we do this every once in a while. So uh, big thing, uh, how I found Penny Blood is I'm hosting an adventure for my family this Christmas. And so I was on the lookout for a Christmas themed D&D adventure. So I go to Kickstarter. And I just start looking around and I come across one. I'm like, oh, this looks this looks good. I like this. Oh, he's and it's all solid. And it was I mean, there were 30 hours left in the Kickstarter. So I got in just at the right time. Um, I had emailed Matthew and said, am I going to get this in time for Christmas? And the answer was yes, I'll have the digital versions ready to go. And so I jumped on it and then I started looking at more of the materials was really impressed, really impressed with the game design. <laughs> with the art, with with everything that you had going on. And John, I know that you have been digging into D&D for about, you know, since we started. Yes. And you often have questions for me about game design. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, I, I do a lot of pre-bought adventures and then just kind of play off of that. But to have an opportunity to talk to an actual game designer and to promote a guy who's just like us, who's just the kind of uh, Matthews in uh, Northern Wisconsin, Northern ish Wisconsin about Appleton area. I think I saw. And, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I just reached out and said, you want to come on the show and talk about now uh, you got a current Kickstarter going on. Uh, we'll talk yep. about your experience in game design and yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it went. John. Well, welcome so, Matthew. Welcome. It is All right. awesome to be here. Uh, I, I, uh, as we started this, I guess in the pre-show, I was immediately overjoyed when I heard the accent. 
I was like, yes, this guy's English. <laughs> He's a Brit. <laughs> yeah. And you had a yeah, funny I story with the that. whole mold, doesn't it? Yeah. You had a whole funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? In, what are you doing in Appleton? And Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I, I so I've, I've had so many people ask me that question because uh, I, I work on emerging technology. That's what I do during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with a, a lot of startups uh, in uh, in high tech and a, a lot of companies in Silicon Valley. Um, and yet I live in, in Appleton, Wisconsin, and n- nobody knows anything about what my day job is. Um, and it happened because when I was like a, a little kid, uh, my, my dad got an opportunity. Uh, uh, he was working for a division of GM in the UK and they said, Hey, you're doing really good. You're a smart guy. You need to come over to Flint and we'll train you. This is like the mid seventies where GM had more money than they knew what to do with. Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, he came over for a year and they said, Oh yeah. And we see you're married. So, Hey, you probably want your wife and kids to come with you. And I'm sure he's went, um, do it. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bring (laughs) it. So, so we all came over and it was just a great year, uh, just you know, hugely uh, um, left a huge impression on me. And uh, when I got to college, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to go study for in America. Um, I'm going to have a, a, a it's going to be an awesome year. And I get here and on the third day, there's this girl comes down uh, the corridor and I lean over to my buddy. And, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm 20 and, and, and full of morons and stuff. I said, I'm going to marry her. We've been married for 29 years. There you go. <laughs> wow. What school did you go to when you came over? You do, uh, UW Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay. UWM. Sure. Yeah. Does she yep. know she's and married? She's, uh, she's an Appleton girl. She does. She does. Okay, good. Yes. Good. Good. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's aware. She is aware. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, um, go ahead, Greg. And the, I mean, for tw- you've been married for 29 years and you've held yeah. on to the accent. That's that's also pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, so I've lived most of my life now in the U.S. I moved over here permanently when I was uh, 22. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm going to turn 52 here in a couple of weeks. Uh, um, and so it's just one of those things. And I think, I think a lot of it is that um technology allowed i mean like i talked to my brother i mean i talked to my brother uh, who still lives in london on the phone we talk at least three times a week um and you know and it's just you know it's one of those things where you know um you're you're you can be far away from home but extremely close now Mm -hmm. and it just makes things so much easier it's interesting with accents because like when i when i travel if i'm anywhere for like more than a week my brain is already starting to pick up the local dialect and i i get into it (laughs) very quickly yeah 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 so 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 my wife hates it when we travel anywhere like like we travel to the south or we like um i was working with this team from ireland for the longest time and you know it's like you can't help it when they you know like the slang starts coming my wife would be like you please don't do that I, you I don't I, sound southern. Yeah, I try to. Well, and I, I, my uh, my whole mom's side of the family came from the south, so oh, wow. so y'all Where, was whereabouts? Uh, Virginia, West Virginia. Uh, oh, beautiful! So, like, that's where we took vacations. Is when I was growing up, things like that, and so like southern mm-hmm. came very easy to me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all has been part of part of my uh, dialect for forever, mm-hmm. and. But 
I remember we were down there last time I was down there. I was in, uh, I was in my twenties and just visiting there for a week. I'm hanging out with my one cousin and I, I said the word filed. I was you know, be like, and I filed and I went filed, filed. And he goes, you're, you're turning Southern already. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how easy it was for me to slip into it. So now I'm careful when I travel. Cause the last thing I want to do is sound like an asshole and be like, doing whatever accent of where i'm at when they know i'm yeah. not from there um, yeah 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 yeah. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't mean to do it i'm so sorry <laughs> can you guys hear me better now right on cue or is it still no you're still oh, delayed. Yeah, oh he's still delayed. delayed for me but you know whatever yeah. okay we're fine greg you have such a a, a way of 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 adapting your voice to sound like those different dialects so i don't think a lot of people understand that you're almost like practicing it <laughs> Like for, you know, role playing uh, that came. Yeah. yeah, I think I think really uh, it started off. I worked in a video store uh, growing up, like in in the mid to late 90s and just doing movie lines. And like, you know, like like every kid nerd my age, you know, we we thought we discovered Monty Python. And so we're doing, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm practicing. I'm just doing lines. And that was our. That was really our D &D, our D and D campaigns were just you know bits of you know Monty Python and some other stuff that we would throw in there, um, you know, like you, you you meet you know the Lord of the Kingdom and you're just like it's like what are you doing prostrating myself oh Lord and be like well, stop. <laughs> and so I just dove into it and then uh, the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer came out and we fell in love with the Scottish accent that Mike Myers yeah was yeah, yeah 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 track which turned into like all these other things so yeah yeah just kind of like all of my dwarves have a scottish accent which like many other <laughs> players do so <laughs> they do they have to they have to but yeah i mean it's if i'm playing a dwarf and you you know oh, all right but then here we go and you just kind of throw <laughs> yeah, the brogue yeah, yeah, in yeah. there and that's that's what i worry about is that i'm going to run into an actual scottish person slip in to my like role-playing accent by accident and they're going to be like what the hell is wrong with you yeah. uh, <laughs> so things like my, that so so i i, I taught my son because uh, we're, uh, we're huge mike myers fans and uh one of the the things that uh i heard him once say his he, his dad was a huge influence on his uh comedy and he used to say to his friends when uh if his dad answered the door he'd say you can't come in unless you're funny um and uh you know it just i like, sit in this really ferocious uh scottish yeah. accent and uh so that's just become a line in our household like you know and it's like all of our kids and their friends that you know unless they're funny they can't come in um and that. yeah <laughs> um and so he like will do a scottish accent and and it's just the most horrendous scottish accent but he will just he just throws himself fully into it he commits all the way <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's one of those full chest kind of accents that you just need to really <laughs> get into it and be like, yeah, I cannot come in unless you're funny. Yeah. Like it's just full on. But I mean, John, well, I mean, he, he was in theater uh, stuff when we were in college and that's how I met John. But I mean, you, John, you got your, you taught me my Arnold accent, like, cause we would walk around the office that we worked in and just do Arnold voices. And, and that was, I mean, because you know like everybody was doing the i'll be back like to it but then yeah, you get yeah, into yeah. like the different register that arnold has where you just kind of go into the like more the soft speaking 
And so you talk about the Arnold movies <laughs> and things like that. And then we get really excited. Yeah. And then you get, that's where you keep bringing the growl. Yeah. And I took that back to my D and D group and they're laughing their ass off. And I'm like, eh, yeah, it's funny it. about the Scottish accent because Greg kind of, he hurt, like he, he ruined me from ever probably playing a dwarf. Cause I can never carry <laughs> these accents. And so I'm like, I can't, I can't do that because like, Greg's saying they have to sound this way, so. <laughs> but I guess we could always have fun they with that. Don't like, they, they don't have know, to. I know, but I, I'm saying we could have fun with that. I, I like, where's think your I've got it in the monster manual somewhere where you have to. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, in the adventure where I've been slowly taking my group through Dungeons of the Mad Mage, which is this giant thing, if you've ever seen it or played it. Uh, and in there, there's a two-headed Ent, uh, or Enten, uh, which is this giant two-headed beast for people that don't know. Uh, and I gave, uh, he is a chef. Uh, and so like one head is like the, the French cuisine, like the very mm, uh, kind of chef where everything was very proper and nice. And the other head, that's uh, just a backyard barbecue kind of guy. And he, and they fight over what they're going to make. And, and it, it just turned into a lot of fun. <laughs> John, I think that was before you even joined the group. It was, that, that sounds, get, that uh, sounds like that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, he was, he was cool. Anyway, I, this could go on forever. I do have some interview questions to, to kind of get into. <laughs> no, this is um, brilliant. I love it. So I do want to know, like, because I've been kind of writing my own stories for, you know, mm -hmm. 20 years at this point, maybe even more, um, to, to bring into D&D kind of games and, and really any kind of game. We were big into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, There's another game uh, from uh, Atlas Games called Feng Shui that I really liked, and that's like Hong Kong action theater kind of stuff. Ooh, um, oh yeah, like it's a one. oh, it's a fantastic game. The system is Ooh. super, super, super easy. Uh, you've got two d6, uh, so two six sided die. One is positive, one is negative. You roll oh. them. You take that result. You compare that to your ability score that you're trying to do, and that's the number you're going for. So to I love that. Trying to get new players into any kind of tabletop role playing game, because uh, D and D, which we love, can be daunting. To, for people to just it jump right really into is. yeah so yeah. the simplicity of feng shui is just i mean they do have like an overarching story but it's adaptable to any story you want to do like if you want to yep. do like a big troubled little china kind of thing or if you yep, want to yep. go back to feudal uh china you could do that i mean really yep. anything you want to do um the character sheets there's really no character creation because like the template is there if you want to be the karate cop Here's the karate cop character sheet. If you want to be like, like the brick, the bruiser kind of guy, here's the big brawler character sheet. All your numbers are set. You know, there, there's no mixing up of stuff. So really what you're doing is like, what's your guy look like? What's their name? Maybe do their background. So they're getting into the character piece without mm -hmm. having to futz with any of the numbers. Okay. So yeah, definitely look it up. It's a Robin D laws uh, is the guy that wrote it. And okay, I, just, cool. I, I loved it. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I I love I love like researching other uh, RPG formats. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I so um, I'm just about um, to move into a new office space in our house, and uh, I'm getting a bigger room. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like right here, and you can't see is I've got like uh, uh, six shelves of um, basically my my research and uh, all of my uh, D and D books. But then over here um, behind me, I've got like um probably 30 40 
uh, books from other um, uh, RPG um, mm -hmm. uh, formats. And I'm just, I'm always interested in how how the game can be played because at the end of the day, you, you, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the rules for D&D are really daunting. And um, I, I, I played it, uh, 30 years ago, um, uh, when, uh, AD and D was out yeah, um, and that's edition. just like, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. So um, you know, you know the I, terror of Thaco. I'm sorry. So, so, you know, the, when I say Thaco or Thaco, depending on how you pronounced mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. just that whole nightmare. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah, it's just, it was, yeah. And, but then I, I then I dropped it for like 20, 30 years because got married, had kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I was getting back into it like three, three, four years ago. And so it was what I'm um, just kind of going onto YouTube and just seeing, yeah, what kind of like, hey, how to play 5e. And, you know, and you, you watch all these videos and they're like, you yeah, just have fun. You know, don't have to worry about the rules and everything. I'm like, yeah, but there's like 40 plus books out on this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there's clearly some rules. And it wasn't until Wizard of the Coast about a year ago, they actually came out with some great uh, practical guides uh, to just getting started with D&D mm -hmm. on YouTube. And um, I, and I have, I, I keep it like right here next to me all the time is the uh, starter set from yep. um, uh, the new uh, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Honestly, mm -hmm the best thing they've ever written it was just like if you've never played dnd just read the rules there and you'll be up and running and you'll feel really comfortable with it so that's interesting that you got back into it about three years ago yeah and, not, and now you're doing kickstarters and selling your own yeah. adventures so how did you yeah. how did you get into the game design piece uh um, and, and and what what blossomed that and, and coming up with so, penny blood yeah so so i i've uh, so two things uh, one is um i've always been a closet game designer um and world creator um <clears throat> i um i i going to sound really pretentious but i wrote my first novel when i was 13 um and um and it was because i was really i i i grew up on uh um one of the very first books that was read to me when i was like six years old was the hobbit and my dad read that to me and then um there's a, another uh, great fantasy series called the wordstone and brisingham um that um is just it's, it's a phenomenal series and and my dad read that uh, to my brother and i and then I got into the Narnia books. And then um, when I was 12, I read Lord of the Rings and just fell in love with the whole thing. And being 12 years old and having absolutely no other idea, um, I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> 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 so, so I actually, um, I actually mapped out a whole world and i actually still have all the materials uh, with me and it's just kind of like i look back and I'm like oh, it's just awful but uh but i wrote like a 300 page book um and um wow. yeah that was my my introduction into it and um and i i wrote <clears throat> i wrote about um six no i went to, uh, to college for as a creative writer wrote six novels um and realized you can make actually no money from it <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. Uh, and, unless you're a john grisham you know you make no money <laughs> and uh yeah if you want to like have all your life go away 
become a novelist. Um, and so, uh, so I went into IT because that's the natural thing to do. And, and I love it. I just, I love my, my day job. I, I, I worked on emerging technologies my entire career. Mm -hmm. And about three or four years into um, uh, my IT job, I was doing a, a ton of stuff with the web. And I was um, actually, uh, at the time, I was, I was actually um, uh, writing back. In, I was part of beta tests for a company called Macromedia, which was uh, acquired by Adobe. And uh, all the cool stuff Adobe has now is because of Macromedia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, so I, I was actually beta testing all their pre-release software. And while I was doing that, I came across this one guy, um, Joe Lowry, who uh, was writing um, a book on this a web design software called Dreamweaver, and uh, it hadn't. It was still in beta. It hadn't. Version one hadn't even come out. And he goes, "I need somebody to help me finish the book." And I said, I'll, "I'll do that." And so I wrote four chapters for his book and got the bug. And and over the last uh, 25, 30 years, I've written uh, 12, 13 books on technology and um, over a thousand articles on technology. And just so I've always written. And one of the things that I've always thought was, God, this is this is great because I get I get paid for it and everything. And you don't get paid much, but you know, you get paid. And at the time, I'm like, hey, I'm getting paid a lot more than when I was writing creatively. But and I really miss the creative writing. I mm -hmm. really, really miss it. And like about three years ago, my uh, my son-in-law uh, um, was like, hey, hey, dad, you you really you really need to get into three D printing. I'm like. Okay, so this is a bit of a tangent, but he's like, yeah, you really need to get into 3D printing. And so I, I brought a, an Ender 3 and it sat in a box for like uh, a month and he would come over and he goes, oh my God, I can't believe that you've not opened this. And each, every two weeks we'd get together and we'd be playing board games. Um, and I'm um, like, well, okay. And uh, so I opened it up and um, I downloaded a few prints, totally fell in love with it. And he said, yeah, you want to go into Kickstarter? That's where the, all the really cool okay. um, uh, uh, campaigns are and everything. So I went on to Kickstarter. And um, at the same time, um, we would, we're all like every two weeks we'd get together and there was like, like three or four of us, my son-in-law, my son, my daughter uh, and myself, and we'd get together and we would do board games. And I'm like, yeah, I really want to get back into D and D. So, mm -hmm. um, I said, look, when, when it's my turn to pick a game, can, can we do D and D? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so we started doing that. And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm looking on Kickstarter and I'm seeing that people are selling like, you know, D and D modules. And I'm like, okay. You know, some of these people they're making a lot of money from this good. and and so i so i i, I went out and i i got a, like a, a whole bunch i probably spent cranky i probably spent like 300 bucks on like different campaigns and i, I got I, I got them and the one thing that impressed me was how basic they were i mean i'm mm -hmm. like i'm reading i'm like God, this this you know, <clears throat> don't knock on anybody because, like, honestly, the hardest thing is actually putting yourself out there and and yeah. doing your very first campaign. I mean, it really is, and and everybody should do it. But I'm I'm looking at it, I'm like, I, I really feel like I could do this, and so I kind of like chewed it over, and I sat down, and I realized the day when I could do it when um, I said to my team, like, look, I'm gonna come up with my own campaign, and we're gonna start our own campaign. And I came up with a campaign 
um, and uh, it had uh, 30 locations in the campaign, six mm-hmm. different storylines. And, you know, just like I put in the politics of the city and, and everything I got and we got down. We have absolutely never finished the campaign because it was way too complicated. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, you know, I think I can do this. So I, I did the, my very first one was uh, the Dark Dance Church. And and that's because I'm super inspired by uh, Hammer House of Horror, and mm-hmm. I didn't see any Hammer House of Horror stuff out there, and so I threw it up there, and the rest is history. Well, I'm I'm super impressed. Uh, like I literally found Penny Blood on Monday, and I was super <laughs> excited to talk to you because I mean I was scouring the website, and everything else. I'm like, this is fantastic stuff. I'm looking and at the so, art now. It's really and impressive. And I got um I'm on the site. Yeah, I mean I got really impressive. I got um uh with <laughs> the, the Christmas Chronicles of Winter Glen. That's the Kickstarter yeah. that just ended. I'm gonna be running that on the twenty seventh, twenty-eighth, uh for okay. for my daughter who comes home from college and she's got some friends that are coming home and they said awesome. Dad, they said, Dad, can you run a, a one shot for us? And I was like, sure. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So that's why I started looking because I, I wanted to make it Christmas themed. And I love that you took, I mean, the, the, the basis of it, you got the 12 days of Christmas. And so each, it, it's a nice mix of the 12 days of Christmas and a little bit of like Scrooged or like the, oh, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, um, the phantasms of Christmas kind of all coming yeah. out. I, yeah. I don't want to give too much away for people that might be interested in it, but I have been reading it super impressed um and then also just like the i mean you took the idea of the 12 days of christmas and went i can do something with that and created creatures and modules and i just thought that was great um so it's like when you're looking for inspiration i mean obviously the christmas one mm-hmm. came from there but you've got a lot of ca- you got a pretty big catalog on your website where does where does yeah, some of your 21, inspiration 21 and from? counting. <laughs> yeah. Where does that come um, from? Are you just looking at stuff and go, oh, I, I can do something like that? Uh, so, so uh, uh, three things, are huge influences on me. Um, uh, just, you know, I mean, uh, the obvious ones are like, like Lord of the Rings and just the, the level of detail that that's there. And, and also the, the level of detail that's in the, the P. Jackson movies. Um, but then, I love, love B movies like Hammer House of Horror stuff. And, and my wife, like she loves them too. So we actually have like so many, like, like on a Friday night, it's not uncommon to be watching a 1962, you know, Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. Yeah. 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 They're just so bad and brilliant. I love them. Um, and, and and the, the other thing is I love behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so like anything that's behind the scenes and, and I'm a huge Stephen King fan. So, you know, it's just, you know, all that mushed together just seems to pop up these weird ideas. <laughs> do you, what, what kind of challenges do you run into with some of the game design or what even just setting up uh, and how do you overcome? Them? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, oh, um, so John and I were kind of going back and forth. I think it was, uh, maybe it was you, Greg, um, like the, my biggest challenge it, it, so, so the, the thing I want to bring to every game is that I, I, I know that it's going to be a group of people getting together, whether virtually or in person. So I want to have this fully immersive environment. And the thing that is my biggest challenge is maps. 
um, because you can you can go down a rabbit hole and um, and half my backers want to use the games online. So you're kind of limited to the the half dozen or so um, uh, virtual tabletop uh, map designing tools. And, and frankly, none of them are really great. Um, they're they're like they're they're good, and you know, and I couldn't design them. I mean, you know, they're doing something I can't do, um, and they've given me this tool that makes it much easier. But they're, they're also extremely difficult to work with. And then on the flip side, on the other side, you've got hand drawn stuff, and um, and which is great, but then it doesn't work on BTT. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, um, so that that's to me is my my biggest thing, and. Um, I have this, I, 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 over the last uh, year, I found this great, great editor and this great team of people that, um, cause I, I have a really aggressive schedule. So I, I, I'll get out a game. I'm like, okay, you've got to game test this and you've got to have my, your feedback to me in the next 10 days. Um, and, um, you know, otherwise I can't incorporate it into the mm-hmm. final game. And, um, and my editor and I, we're, we're literally editing the, the, the games until about an hour before we release the game on the game wow. day. Like, like, so, so when you got the, the digital game, I had literally like 15 minutes beforehand finished uh, editing it and testing oh. it and making sure everything looked good. Wow. <laughs> no pumpkin yeah, time yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is it, it, to to use a British term, it's squeaky bum time. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's honestly, as a DM, maps are the hardest thing for me too. Um, like, and I'm working on trying to bridge the gap because to me, the maps are one important because that's one, some of the most immersive things. And like yeah. when I'm playing with my family, they like like theater of the mind, where it's like all they don't like that as much they want they want the minis that i've been you know yeah I, i've got the box of like here's here's my painted box which is this nice little box right here and then here's the unpainted boxes and then then we pull those yeah. out um but they like that visual of like where are they at on the battlefield kind of piece yeah and yeah. bridging that gap between there's some great virtual maps out there that people are making i mean you can go on reddit and and type in yeah you know it, 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 they have and people are just yes they have patreons or something like that but i mean and certainly if you find a map maker that you like give to them because the hard work it goes into making a it map is. is ridiculous so yeah you know, it, having is, that it is hard between like pulling out graph paper and trying to you know, map it out on a thing that's large enough to fit on the dining room table, that amount of time, I'm like, if I can find a virtual map, and I think a lot of people are getting to the point where rather than throwing away your old TV, like your non-smart TV, you just take the standoff, put that right on your table, hook up your computer, and then you can have that virtual map right there. Um, So that's, that's what the uh, that's the bridge, I think, between virtual and, and live gaming right now. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are companies now out there that I saw one, um, like the mini, you can, you get a disc and you can like imprint on the disc, like some, whatever the sensor is, like that's your character. And yep, then yep, yep. you can like 3D print on top of it or somehow they yep, put that yep, in there. Yep, yep. And I then there's their screen, you put your character on there and they've got the lighting and everything where you mm-hmm. it. And I was like, wow, that's cool. How much is that? Okay. Yeah, no, never mind. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, all these really cool things, but it's just not doable for me. And so it's like, what do you do? Like, how do you bridge that other than just say, well, we're not going to play or we're all going to be on laptops in the living room mm-hmm. or, 
which again doesn't have the same feel they want to be around the table we want to roll real dice which yeah in our virtual yeah. games we just don't um and then also for if i've got that file that vtt or just even a pdf honestly um you can throw that up on your on your virtual thing too when i'm i'm on yeah. with my we use roll 20 uh when we're on roll yeah. 20 and then the group that we meet with every other week be like hey boys here we go and and that's so i get that i get that struggle um it is probably what kept me from gaming for uh, for a little bit uh it wasn't until kind of covid hit and we hit lockdown that i went you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna look into virtual gaming and we yeah. got we got the band back together everybody that i played with in in high school and early college and and it's been great i mean it, it really has brought us together again so I think there is so much. Uh, so I, I, everything you said, I'm so aligned with. And I think that there is so much potential for online gaming. Um, but I think there's so much potential for for two types of gaming, the, the online gaming. And I think that the, the software has to get much more sophisticated than it is right now. It's mm -hmm. still it's a challenge to work with. Um, but also bringing in that in person experience as well. It's like, so how can we like blur the two together? I'm, I'm, I keep like hoping like, like the whole uh, virtual reality thing, but I just, it's still like, it's ways away. And, you know, Apple's got a great device coming out, but holy cow, I don't have 35 gigabytes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I saw that. Um, and even still like some of the, the more advanced, uh, virtual tabletops that I've seen where it's like, you're going to zoom in and it's going to be like an over the shoulder yeah. view. There's animations with it. I'm like, Hold on. If I want to play a video game in a multiplayer yeah. setting, I'll go play a video game in a multiplayer yeah, setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the passion that I have for role-playing games is give me the basics of the map and then let me kind of visualize yeah. a lot of that. Let let my creative yeah. side take over. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. and see how that goes. And and even even with roll 20 sometimes, and we're you know, we use the crossover, we're on D and D beyond, and then we import mm -hmm. it over to roll 20 and it does all the dice rolls for us. And that's cool. I I'm, ha I'm not a very quick math kind of guy. So I'm glad I don't have to do that in front of all my friends and <laughs> be like, right. Mm -mm, and then kind of hide yeah. the finger counting or whatever. <laughs> but, but that idea of like, just not rolling the physical dice. I mean, I like, yeah. I, I, I long for the day that I can, you know, have the home game and be like, I'm going to get my dice out because I'm a dice goblin. I've got lots. So I, I got to show you my, my I just, um, I treat myself. Where did I put it? I got this really cool new dice. Oh, where did I put it? Oh, I can't find it. It's, um, it's uh, actually, uh, just, a. it looks like a coin. Um, it has all the, the, um, it actually, depending on which side you have it, um, you, you spin it and yeah. then it'll settle on, you know, and you can do it for like multiple, uh, multiple different dice types. And so, cause I love collecting dice, yeah. um, and you know, just having the sets and everything. It's just, uh, oh, you know, my, my, my wife said, yeah, I could, cause, uh, it's my birthday in a couple of weeks time. She said, oh, you pick out your birthday. Friend. So I immediately went on to Etsy and just, I like, think, bought up like, looking at like dice. six sets of dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm getting to the point where I want the expensive dice. Like I want, <laughs> I want the Rosewood dice. I want the, oh, a friend of ours at Gen Con, he, he bought, they're almost like prismatic dice, but they're cloudy yeah. in the middle. They've got this translucence Ooh. to it. So like different angles. 
And when I was looking at it, I'm like, I don't know how we can read those. He's like, oh, no, I can read them just fine from the angle that he was at. And I get over his shoulder. I'm like, that's amazing. I mean, and they were just that is so beautiful beautiful to look at. And then he told me how much he paid for them. I'm like, oh, well, (laughs) I don't I don't. And I here's the thing. I told myself, well, I can't spend that much on one set of dice. But I did spend that much on three sets of dice that I bought. So I'm like, well, okay, fine. But that's gaming, man. <laughs> that's that's how it, it goes. is. It's and, and you know what? At, at the end of the day, it's not an expensive hobby. I mean, you it doesn't know, have to be I, correct. I mean, I, I this is. I mean, um, I mean, you 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 you've seen on my my campaigns, and they're pretty standard. You know, I, if you want just the PDF, it's five bucks. If you want it with all the extra files and everything, it's twelve bucks. Um, and then if you want a book, it starts at like. 23 25 bucks mm-hmm. um so it's it's not expensive it's and i think you know from that you get a whole group of people have 46 hours of entertainment it's pretty good well and i've got new source material like the creatures yeah. that you've provided they can appear other places oh winter, absolutely winter Glen is going to be like a town that we can visit more yep. than just that one time oh yeah so and, 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 and it's I think I, I, those gamers that have, you know, they, they bought second edition or that's what they learned on was second edition and they're still rocking it. They're still playing second edition. Yeah. Like they're getting their money's worth out of oh, what yeah. they have. <laughs> they're just going with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think um, like the, the beauty of any, any good, um, good game is that it should be very modular. You should be able to take, all the different elements and go you know what i like this i like that i like that mix it together and do a little bit of cocktail magic and boom i you know that's what i want to do mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um matthew when oh you got a question there Jeff? i do what's your favorite type of story oh so um so so one of the things that i i i do is i actually have um a list of story ideas that uh, I keep in on my iPhone uh, in my Apple Notes uh, app. Um, and Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 it, come so far. It is. It's yeah. great. Uh, the, the 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 initial drafts I do for all my games are done in Apple Notes, um, and because there are no distractions or anything like that, I can just focus on the writing. Um, I I. I've started building out, uh, so I really like, I, I love doing horror because um, it's just it's just fun. Um, but I actually, uh, over the last uh, six, seven months, started building out my own uh, fantasy world. And I'm just kind of like uh, experimenting with different types of genres. Like uh, the, the new one I'm doing right now is on dragons. And then the next one I've got coming is on uh, pyramids. Um, and I, I like experimenting with different uh, genres uh, i love action stories I, I love things that move things along um um I, yeah but i'm one of the, there's one story though that, that i'm just desperate to write um is like a mad max apocalyptic oh, kind of nice. story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i i want to do that but I, I know i'm gonna have to do like a companion book 
for that one because I wanted to have like a whole collection of vehicles. And I want to have uh, one of the things I love with D&D is you can expand the rules. And, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, it's totally fine. It's all made up anyway. Um, so I want to do a whole set of rules on um, uh, how to um, you know, uh, run and kit cars. And uh, I might actually take the new Bastion rules that are coming out for one D&D next year. Um, they've got this like new concept called a Bastion. I'm like, I wonder if I can like, you know, kind of cobble that together. And instead of having a castle or a keep that your is your your bastion, your bastion is your car. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So so that that's that's something I'm I'm probably gonna have to read a write a, a a companion book to to support the rules because otherwise my my rules will be there'll be like one page of adventure and 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 120 page from just rules. <laughs> When you say so, that your favorite, sorry, Greg, when you say that your favorite story is more like the horror, are you talking 1930s type of scary movies or are you talking like like Stephen yeah, King or yeah. are you talking Cthulhu? Like, what are you? That's a great, oh, that's a brilliant question. That's a really good one. Uh, so I, I love doing the 1930s horror monsters. Um, I've done some vampire stories. I've done some werewolf stories. I haven't done a vampires versus werewolves yet. That's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. 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 The, it's definitely coming though. Cause uh, um, yeah, I, I, it, they're just fun to write. I mean, it's just, you know, um, um, but I, I, I'm also, I'm hugely influenced by Stephen King. I've read, uh, well, I mean, he, the guy has written so many books and, and, I, and I, I went through his list and I was kind of came away realizing, I thought I'd read a lot of them and I'm like, I've read like 40 Stephen King books, but he's written over 70. Yeah, really. Uh, and so it's like, well, okay, I'm like halfway there. But, you know, his Dark Tower series uh, really influenced me. Um, the Just his classic, his like the 1970s, 1980s, um, you know, classic Stephen King horror. Um, you know, that, that stuff is just, you know, it's it's just a gold mine of inspiration, and um, so I I love that kind of stuff. But I also love you know like adventures and just I love what um, I, I was just watching a documentary on um, uh, Indiana Jones, and it was a tribute to Harrison Ford. Um, not a huge fan of the last two Indiana Jones movies, um, but I love the whole concept behind Indiana Jones movies. Is that they're they're from these like you know nineteen thirties, nineteen forties black and white right. you know adventure stories. And and when I was a kid growing up, um, you know we had three channels in the UK. We had BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV. And BBC Two was just you know you know basically where all the crap went. And so um, you know like at uh, six o'clock every evening they just had um silent uh classic uh adventure um, um, uh, stories for like an hour and oh, cool. i used to watch that every night and just be like spellbound yeah i didn't realize at the time it was like you know helping build a career <laughs> <laughs> when when you're coming up with like some of this like the non the non-fantasy medieval settings mm -hmm. um how do you how do you think about that in terms of like are you would you switch up systems or are you sticking with the the d20 because that's out there uh, yeah for, for right now i mean d20 is just so popular um i i've i've looked at others like uh, old school essentials which is still a d20 um system um the the the, the problem I, uh, is that D, D is just part of the vernacular i mean and right. yeah and if you look at all the d20 systems and there's a lot of them 
D and D is like like you know you can put all the others together and D and D is like five times all of them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I'm trying to minimize the barrier, as it were, to the story. And so, like for instance, um, you know, I was actually reading through some of the the newer D and D books, um, and um, I'm pretty heavy on providing um, notes for DMs because there's so many people that have just discovered Dungeons and Dragons in the last you know, a couple of years and correct. Yeah. You know, just so many people. And so I try to like kind of minimize the barrier and like, here are all the notes. This is, this is how to guide your players through the story and everything. Um, and, um, because, um, particularly with E5, it's such a well-established, uh, gaming system. And I was so delighted with, um, the new one D D that's coming out next year, that it's going to be fully backwards compatible with, uh, mm-hmm. um, five uh, E. um, it, it it just makes it easier uh, to have people then focus in on the story rather than spending two evenings trying to explain the rules. Yeah, yeah. the The idea, and again, that's a struggle for any DM. Um, mm-hmm. This this Christmas campaign or this Christmas one that I'm running. Uh, two of my kids are, I think, with it enough and have kept up with it to go. Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. and my wife and one of my daughters will be a little lost, but they'll catch on uh and then my daughter's friends i don't know where they're at man like mm-hmm. i don't know if they're coming in completely green um one of them is going to be bringing her boyfriend who has said hey i wanted to try this okay dude um so <laughs> it's and for me it's the it's the balance of make sure everybody has a great time yeah. and then and then you try to keep within the rules because if he wants to continue on playing i don't want him going to another group and being like well the first guy i played with said it worked like this and some other dm going it doesn't work like that at all man like that's that's not part of the the rule of cool can only go so far um but uh, like did did you were you concerned uh like a year ago or a year and a half ago when wizards was like and here we're going to take away this open game Um, idea so i so um so I, I i followed it as you can imagine with great interest <laughs> um and um but um but with that said i'm i um i also have a background uh in working in startups and open source in um uh, software development mm-hmm. um and i saw what wizards of the coast um uh, was talking about and and they did have uh you know they 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 haven't they've kind of downplayed it but they actually did have a version two um um license right. um and um and there and and there was a couple of things one is um unless you were making seven hundred fifty thousand a year and declared it to them which i they they made no statement how you would declare like how would you even know um you know it was um it was pretty ambiguous um but i think the second thing that went through my head was well you've got precedence already of having this open license for over a decade 13 Mm -hmm. years no 20 years um because that's when they brought out with um the ogl came out with um uh, version four didn't it yeah if i remember rightly um and i'm like you know this is just the worst thing ever uh, for you to do because you can't you can't enforce something when you've been giving it away for for free for right. twenty years. 
Um, and so, you know, yes, there was the backlash. I mean, one of the things I, I don't like is the haters love to hate. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, was the coast, they're a business, they got to make money. Mm -hmm. And we're all pretty happy paying Apple 30% for every single app that we buy. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's a real ripoff. Um, but um, I, I think in, in this situation, I think the problem was is Apple established what the, the rules of the game were going to be with the app store on day one and uh was the coast were trying to retrofit they were trying to right. put the genie back in the bottle uh so i just i mean yeah genie never goes back in the bottle uh so i was not at all surprised when they when they created the the open source versions of the license i was delighted that they made that move um and i've been really really happy with the decisions they've made since then um you know they've had like recently they they were coming out with some new uh, fiscal items um and they actually delayed releasing them because the quality wasn't there and i'm like you know what that's that's bold that's that that takes guts you know it's very easy to ship and ship something that's crappy rather than ship something that's really good i mean at least when you're the size of wizard coast i'm, yeah. I'm not a size of wizard coast i can ship crappy stuff <laughs> the uh during that whole time and john and i were having conversations and john was still relatively new so he's like how's this how this at the same time, I was reading a book called uh, "Was It Slaying the Dragon," which was all about the history of Dungeons and Dragons going back to Lake oh, Geneva, like nineteen seventy. Is that a good book? It is very good, um, very descriptive. And in fact, that was the it was the last. Uh, so I didn't go to Gen Con last year, but I went the year before. And okay. I, I when I was talking with uh, Weiss and Hickman and mm -hmm. Ari Salvatore, and like. I would, you know, I'm standing in line, I'm waiting to get stuff signed, but then, you know, I want to have some kind of conversation with them that goes beyond me just being a nerd and being like, oh, I think you're really cool. Um, <laughs> which, I always act. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you meet, you're meeting these people, you've been reading their works for decades, and you're just like, oh, yeah. you're right next to me. Um, so I want to have a meaningful conversation. So I said, hey, you know what, I just read this book you're in there a lot like like salvatore's in there like his whole experience i'm like I'm, I'm just wondering like is that i mean was that book pretty did it hit it on the head it was some of it just you know uh grand grandiose for for entertainment purposes and everybody i talked to was like nope that was that was pretty much it that was like how it went um so real interesting uh and the idea that i was alive when when tsr was taking this nosedive and they're talking about them just throwing all this stuff in a dumpster just like everything I mean, literally, from, they almost they almost threw the whole thing away it's like yeah. oh my god well these the first junk i ever went to which was the last one that was ever in milwaukee um in the late 90s and it was or maybe it was 2000 but these giant dioramas that they made for gaming uh and they're like, they just ended up tossing them. And um, they did have a lot of their original artists come in and collect the work that they wanted to keep. But then the rest of the stuff they didn't want to keep, they were just tossing. And I was going to college in uh, Whitewater at the time, which is a whole 20 minutes away from Lake Geneva. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, yeah, if I would have known, if any of us would have known, that that was happening it would have been us with like a fleet of trucks just to go and mm -hmm. save all this stuff um so you you know who you need to get onto your uh, onto this podcast is uh heidi gygax she's uh oh, yeah. gygax's um 
daughter, um, and she's uh, writing her own D and D books now. And yep. uh, I got connected with her a few weeks ago. So nice. you, you need to get on her. I'm sure she's got like a million stories. I will try to reach out to her. I I have been in slight contact with Luke Gygax, but that was kind of pre-COVID. Um, and so because he, he runs a gaming convention down in Lake Geneva called GaryCon. Oh, really? Yes. And um, where where I'm actually going next year. It's in uh, April, I think early April. Um, okay. Okay. And GaryCon is great because it's small. I mean, and he's. I mean, Luke is getting big names of gaming to come in. Uh, to be a part of this uh, this mm-hmm. convention, but because it's at uh, the Lake Geneva, what's the name of that place, John? The Geneva um, Grand? The Grand Geneva. The Grand Geneva, um, which is, you know, a decent sized conference center, but it's not like it's not like Chicago big conference center. So you're walking around and then, you know, here comes. um well, here comes Luke Gygax, or here, here comes, uh, you know, uh, what's his name from Scream? Uh, Matthew Lillard. He'll he'll just oh, like, shit. I mean, and he, they're just walking around, just be like, hey, buddy, how's it going? And you can, I mean, they are just really cool to interact with. Yeah. Uh, Todd Stashwick, who's, uh, he's got his thing. Uh, he's got a D&D uh, virtual game out there that he live broadcasts. And then he was, um, he was a captain, just a real dickhead of a captain, and the latest Picard <laughs> series, uh, Picard season three, and killed it. I mean, excellent. Um, he was there last year, and I was talking to his friends. They're like, "Oh yeah, we we sat at a table with him and had lunch and just talked for an hour." And he's like, "Super cool," because it's such a laid back con, and because it's yeah. limited, it's like tickets sell out really quick because they're like, "We can't sure. fit, we can't fit that many people in here." That's cool. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't know where else I was going to go with that, but uh, well, he brought so, up he brought up Heidi Gygax getting her. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean Lake Geneva is, I mean it's a little bit of a drive for you being up in Appleton, but definitely worth heading down there. They've got Com- a- yeah, honestly, com- I mean I I was actually saying to my wife I said you know you wouldn't believe like you know all this you know started like two hours from where we live, and yeah. she's like really. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like the epicenter and uh you um, a big museum down there now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I want to go down and uh they've got the new um themed uh hotel down there now. Yeah. Um and I'm what? like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just opened. You, Where? you can, like rent like a, it's uh it's in Lake Geneva and it's uh it's a fully D D themed yeah. uh hotel. John still lives like 30 minutes from Lake Geneva. Not only that, I I grew up in Lake Geneva. Like yeah, that was my that home. No. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're telling me about a themed D and D hotel, yeah. I'm like, let me where let me exactly? Where? <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah, and, and that's yeah, me... I mean well Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, John, you... gargoyle. Really? I mean, John, the yeah, whole yeah. rise and fall of TSR was in your lifetime. Like like I think they started the year you were born, and yeah, it fell apart when we were in college. Wow! So, so what's crazy about that is growing up in England, uh, Games Workshop uh, was oh, yeah. what mm-hmm. grew, and and that was uh, Ian Livingston and uh, Steve Jackson started that, and they started that. Uh, they started Games Workshop, and then they started um, the Fighting Fantasy, which is what got me actually into role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fighting Fantasy, I'm not, have you ever played Fighting Fantasy books? I, I, I I've heard not. of it, I but I've never played it. 
Yeah, there. So as a as a twelve year old kid, there was like this was a great way to have an excuse for reading. Um, it's like choose your own adventure, but you can get killed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I mean, and it's a it's a D six um a driven game, and it's and it's just fantastic. It did really really well for a number of years. I made those two guys a mint of money, and and they became the distributors uh, for TSR for Dungeons and Dragons in England and Europe. Mm-hmm. um and yeah, you know, and there's you know that so that the the uh the uh the the lives of both games workshop and tsr almost mirror each other just how they yeah. went up and they went down and... <laughs> well and once you get into those later years of tsr hearing how they were trying to kind of like game the system of printers and publishers and distributors and things like that mm-hmm. And so much of it was like hedging bets on because, I mean, you remember the late 90s. It was new campaign setting after new campaign setting, just boom, 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 because they thought that was like what people wanted. But at the same time, as gamers were like, no, I'm like you came up with Forgotten Realm set. I'm mm-hmm. good. Like if if you didn't want to play in Kandahar or, or uh, Al-Hadim or something like that, and you're like, no, that's not my bag. I'm I'm good over here. Yeah then you didn't buy it <laughs> yeah. like they yeah. were just like oh no we're gonna put out red steel and that'll get people to go and you're like we're gonna include a cd-rom with it and everybody went no we're not interested um yeah but yeah that you know from a business end of things as an adult like as a kid i don't you know and even if i would have read this book in my 20s i don't think i would have understand it um but as an adult and knowing a little bit about good business practices you're like who thought that was a good idea who in their yeah, world I, thought that was good I, yeah i mean it didn't i mean you look at i mean because in some ways it's it's similar to what marvel was doing as well and that they mm-hmm. were like just releasing like hundreds of comics a month i mean just on on all of their genres yeah. and you know just hemorrhaging money um and yeah i i, I mean you know i do I do quite a lot, um, but I'm like I'm not doing what they're doing at their scale. And when you have a, a, a company of uh, you know a hundred, couple hundred people that you're trying to support as primary incomes, it's just it's just not attainable. And and mm-hmm. and you know just very expensive uh, to to run a business like that back in the '90s versus today. Like um, when uh, I use uh, Amazon for their print on demand, and mm-hmm. so when I don't actually order any prints until about a week after the campaign has finished. And then I format everything. Uh, in fact, I was supposed to format um, uh, the Christmas one um, uh, this weekend, but I got sidetracked to signing the next game. <laughs> uh, um, and, um, but, uh, once, but then I can have KDP just print on demand. So I don't have tens of thousands of copies of books sitting in boxes waiting to be sold right. or shipped to stores. Yeah, and that's ex- that was part of the death of TSR was that live inventory, and then they made yeah. some prom they made buyback promises to their sellers, and then they couldn't they couldn't cover those, and so then they got into yeah. printer trouble, and it was just ridiculous. But definitely check that book out; it was totally worth a read. Um, so we are coming up on time. We don't have to get off, but our listeners are probably like, "Hey, you're." going on to an hour here um (laughs) so what advice would you give to like an aspiring game designer and what kind of like mistakes would you say you could probably try to steer clear from um so 
so I, I think that the first one is just throw something out there, get something out there. Um, the, the, the person that, who inspired me the most, I actually wrote to him on, on Kickstarter, uh, is this uh, guy, uh, he's a dad, he lives in Mexico City, um, and he was putting out um, these uh, one-shot campaigns that he charges uh, one US dollar for. I mean, just the bare minimum, and and that's how I started. And and I, you know, just throw something out there, um, and because it doesn't have to be perfect. Don't don't. Um, I, I I just recently, um, I, yeah, I backed a campaign like two years ago uh, for this guy to write this book on dragons, and he raised like three hundred thousand dollars, and he just admitted that he's spent all the money and he's got nothing to prove it because he what he was trying to do was try to do everything in the way that he thinks like a like a you know Wizard of the Coast does it. Well Wizard of the Coast is a four hundred million dollar company. Right. Yeah. Um, and they have hundreds of people working for them. So so don't don't do that. Um, like when I started um, and, and to this day, I, I draft everything in uh, Apple Notes I, and I, I do it between my phone, my iPad and my Mac. Um, I ha I had a really old Mac that's and, and probably the one uh, luxury I've given myself is I, I bought a used uh, M1 MacBook Air uh, over the um, about six months ago, a little bit. Um, but uh, I start real basic and you know use Microsoft Word or Google Docs or uh, I use Pages for the the page formatting for everything and just just throw something together. There's so many tools that you can use as well online uh, that, that can help you um, create, you know, do the like the math of stat blocks and things like that. So you don't have to worry about it too much, you know, mm -hmm. but just get something out there and and see what the reaction happens. And I mean, I look back at like the Dark Nuns Church um, and I look at what I'm doing now, like a year and a half later, and now I'm like, like this is really cool. I like what I'm doing. I look back at that. And I'm like, oh man, I almost wish I could take that off the catalog. It's like shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I, but I have people who have bought that um, game and they they love it. They love like the macabre aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And so you just got to get something out there. And you know, don't don't worry about it. And uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I've been able to do is I. I um, I have been relying very heavily on using AI to do the art. Um, and I use Adobe because Adobe actually compensates the artists that help train oh, their cool. AI model. Um, um, but one of the things I'm also doing, because I've, you know, you, there's different levels that you are, you can, uh, of, of like success on Kickstarter. There's that I've just got something out there and I made like 50, 60 bucks and I'm like feeling pretty good about myself. And then there's like, thousand dollars is the next milestone then ten thousand dollars and then there's after that it's like the people making 40 50 to two hundred thousand dollars or something mm -hmm. i'm not there yet <laughs> but i'm 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 at that next level and so what i actually do now is i actually pay artists and i build a community um and that's uh, so i have now an editor i have game testers all these people get paid um and it's like you know just build out and expand as you feel comfortable and you're growing with your own success. Fantastic. 
Well, do keep us in mind when you hit that uh, two to three hundred thousand. Yes, please, uh, Mark. Uh, <laughs> would love to reconnect. <laughs> um, we are going to go into one little section of the show. Uh, we do a thing called polyjamory, which is we talk about. Uh, I am a person who listens to all different types of music genres, and it kind of freaked John out uh, when we were in college. I would have like a burn CD, and it would be uh, it would be like club music, and then it would go to some rock music that was big at the time, and then towards the end of see it'd be like show tunes and acapella and he was just baffled like how do you have that on the same disc and i'm like because what is going what on yeah he was he'd be like the mood has changed what's going on um so we have brought that piece of our history into our show where we i just share a random uh random piece of music um and if you're uh following us on uh instagram or facebook that you will see that through the month of december once a day i have a polyjamorous music song that is uh, a christmas song that's coming out so uh with links to the bands but so this week uh for polyjamory is going to be slightly different uh because i'm not just doing one particular uh band or song which is what i usually do but instead, I want to focus on someone who's on Spotify that I've been following. Uh, her name is Punk Rock Jenny. Now, you can find her on Instagram at uh, Punk Rock underscore Jenny. And sh what she does, and I'm actually, um, I'm going to share my entire screen for this one, John. Right. Um, because what she does is that she creates uh, entire playlists for deep so uh it is oh. literally so john when i'm playing music in the background of our yeah. D, D game this is what i'm playing is that she has gone through and just curated all these oh, different lists it. i know she has done so much work um in fact i messaged her on instagram before we got on tonight I'd be like hey we've never met we've never interacted but just to <laughs> let you know i'm gonna feature you tonight on our our live stream because it's oh, just got so day wild cool. cool she has everything oh, like so all these cool. all these different like here's lively tavern creepy tavern calm tavern i mean whatever you're going for down to if you're doing the curse of strad uh campaign yeah. setting, got all the way up to that Plotting and planning oh my god i know just i mean so much stuff and so like here's you know fantasy music it's all these different greats soundtracks and like independent mm -hmm. uh people that have just gone in so like if you were to go wow. in and hit what do we got coming up like here? one of the very first things so i love listening to a whole bunch of music i always create a playlist for the adventure i'm writing yeah so i can like get in the, into the mood though this is brilliant though. I love so this. i mean i'm just gonna go random and what do we get uh, from Past to Present by Jeremy Soule, which is a Skyrim, uh, which is a video game soundtrack piece. So she's just curated all this stuff, and it is all fantastic to just include in your games. Um, For Honor, which is another video game. I mean, imagine that coming, like, if your players are coming over a hill. This is like Rohirrim kind of style of music right here. Yeah. So just fantastic, uh, fantastic music you can include in your game. Uh, so Punk Rock Jenny is the is the Instagram account. Um, and then if you find her on Spotify, go ahead and follow her. And she just has 
thousands of hours of playlists that you can include in your games. That that is then I that was awesome. Up That's right awesome. Now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I do. I do too. Um, Matthew, where can people find you? Reach you besides Penny? Besides sure. Penny Blood Adventures, where else? Like Instagram. <laughs> so this is this is probably the one area I need more, most help on. Is I I don't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that have Twitter or X as we're calling it now. Um, yeah, so um, so um, I have pennybloodadventures.com, uh, my website. We're actually going through a redesign. A uh, new design is coming up uh, in uh, early January. Pretty excited about that. Um, and I'm on Kickstarter. Um, and you can just look up Matthew David on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, I have uh, new campaigns. I do one or two campaigns every month. I'm actually going to probably do another one i'm launching another one in a couple of weeks um uh actually i was going to ask you guys about this i've, I've got two like i was working on the out outline of it uh, today and it's called pyramids of power um it's going to be like an egyptian themed one and i've got mm -hmm. like two different book uh, covers and i kind of wanted to get your impression on what those are I, oh please go do for that? it absolutely, oh, absolutely. yeah go for it all right all right all right let me and and i know we're way over time so i apologize but um can i share my screen well we're over time based on yes. our, what can our I, listeners like greg do i have can... to allow him do i have to allow him to share my to share a screen well i can maybe I if i can uh, I put it into the chat window through. maybe see if i can way too many tabs i think um... For those of you that are listening, folks, for those of you that are listening on the podcast, uh, we are now trying to get these two items up. If you want to see what these items up, please go check out our Facebook Live and our YouTube, which will be um, dropping at our usual time Thursdays at 12 p.m. Yeah. Okay, let's see now if I can do this. All right, let's have here to we change go. some settings real quick. All right, share screen. Let's go share my screen. All right, so so um, new the new book I'm working on is called uh, uh, Pyramids of Power, and uh, working on I, I I've got like two um, um, book covers I'm working on right now. So this is book cover one um and the premises you can gather it's all about pyramids and um i'm just fascinated with egyptian uh, mythology and so um like kind of meshing some egyptian stories together so this is book cover number one and his book cover number two Ooh, which one wow. do you like the better oh go see. ahead greg go ahead greg I, I i enjoy elements of both now my wife is a graphic designer so i oftentimes mm. she she's like oh yeah if you need services that you can contact me later um <laughs> what, what it so what i like about what i like about this one what i like about the bluish one um do you have the pantheon in the background and i think that's pretty cool uh i like the actual eyeball in the in the pyramid and i'm wondering if you were to put the eye of Ra in the iris of that eyeball Ooh. if that might be a little something uh what i like about this one is the adventurers in the foreground so so 
I, I, I totally I'm right there with you. I just did one a couple months ago called the um, the new um, the new dark age where magic is being abolished, and I mm. have a bunch of adventurers on the front of uh, that cover of that book. And uh, yeah, it's really good. I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, I, I, I love writing all of them, but yeah. <laughs> I love I love the blue one. The blue one speaks to me. It says like I gotta pick that up and look at that. I gotta see what's going on here. Yeah. Uh yeah, my wife there's you got some <laughs> real powerful things in the background, yeah. the Pantheon. That just looks it looks like it like yeah, I I would personally this is the one that I would gravitate. Yeah, to. if you're if you're asking for me to pick between the two, like no changes at yeah. all, I would pick the blue one. Yeah. Um, you still have the adventures in the foreground. I like being able to see them, but I like what you got going on with the the throngs of people going into the pyramid. Yes. Or maybe they're coming out. We're not really sure. But ha- sure right having them there, that that draws me to what's what's going on in that pyramid. Yeah. Uh, so so this morning I woke up at this morning. So I'm I normally get up at like four thirty uh, five in the morning so I can work for like three or four hours before I do my day job. Um and uh I, I slept in this morning till six and I was like, Oh god, I've got to like format uh, uh the um the Christmas chronicles and everything. And I'm like yeah, I got this really good idea. I spent the next four <laughs> hours uh, walking out the storyline for this. And one of one of the things that I, I've learned to do now is I am I actually create whole backstories. Like I almost write as much about the backstories as I do in the actual story itself. Um, so, like one of the things that uh, for the Christmas ones that uh, you'll see in the, the PD, in the uh, zip file that there's um, a prequel. I actually wrote the prequel so I could write the main story, um, and then yeah. I ended up releasing the prequel. But yeah, so I, that's why I spent like four hours this morning working on. Hey, Matthew. Do you have anybody that is kind of like your round table where you guys just brainstorm and throw ideas at a wall and see what you guys like and how you can grow it? And I, you know, I, um, I, I talked to my wife, um, a lot about this stuff. Um, and I talked to, uh, my, my brother is like, I've got an identical twin brother and, uh, and he's really into these, but I don't have a whole lot of people where I can sit down and just like, I, I've got like, like for instance like right now i've got like 50 ideas that i've at various different stages but honestly these are just ideas i don't know if they're really good ideas or not i'm just you know right now i'm just kind of throwing stuff out and seeing if it sticks on the wall i'm volunteering my services if you want to give me a call or text me. <laughs> i knew that was coming this this is something this is something i i enjoy that process almost more than the writing process the idea chucking the the uh like putting yeah. things together like hey i don't i i'm not i have an idea here it's just an idea but with that concept that can like mutate that idea into that or yeah so i knew yeah. sooner or later johnny was going to be like so uh where do you have room for us <laughs> I, I gotta say this has been so much fun like I, I i've been looking forward to this like since you uh, reached out and uh I've, I've not done anything like this before and it's just been this last hour or so has been just a total blast yeah it's, it's been a great time um hang on after we sign off because there is other stuff i want to talk about off off the off the podcast um so with that we are going to sign off uh thank you guys for being here this week uh and john you just want me to roll into it or do you want to do your 
usual lines. I'll do my usual lines here. Sorry, okay. guys. I wasn't as talkative as I really desperately wanted to be. I didn't want that to mess up with the the um, the I'm on a delay for some reason. It was killing me the entire time. I'm sure if you guys <laughs> zoom in on my face during some conversation, I'm like. But anyway. <laughs> You seem good right now, but yeah. Oh, do I seem good now? <laughs> yeah, you do actually. Yeah. It oh, seems okay. damn it. Okay. Well then Greg, take us out and then I will finish the rest. All right. So when you're around a gaming table, it's very important that you follow one rule and one rule is kind of the paramount over the whole thing. And that is the rule that we say every week on the show. Don't be a douche. There you go for the Greg, Matthew, David, our guest and Johnny podcast out everyone have a great week see you soon